Hi, let me offer my welcome as well. Uh, my name's Melanie. I'm married to Stuart. I'm one of the leaders in Real Life Church. You're really welcome here tonight. We hope that you've enjoyed so far. Um, they were excellent, weren't they? Should we give them another clap? <laughs> if you do have kids in here and you would like them to go out the back, we've got a uh, kids party going on. They've got party food and a DVD they're going to watch. So if you would like to take them out, you're very welcome. If you want to stay with them in here, um, I'm quite happy. I have two small children, so I'm very used to being interrupted, spoken over, asked for drinks. So um, go ahead. We found out that I was pregnant in April 2009 with our first child. And, and if you've been pregnant, if you've had a baby, suddenly you enter a world that you knew nothing about, that has like a special language, has special clubs and classes, and, and this whole thing that is apparently going on all the time, but you don't know about it until you get pregnant. And we got invited to join an NCT class. Um, if you've been pregnant or had a baby, you might have heard of these. And um, I realized by about week two that whenever growing up people talked about pregnancy or babies, I must have been away or missing because I knew absolutely nothing. They would ask very simple questions, use apparently very simple terminology, and I would afterwards say to Stuart, oh my gosh, we're going to have to Google that because I have no idea what a trimester is. Or I, I just came away thinking, oh man, we're in trouble. One of the weeks they told us to write a birth plan. I thought this was the single most hilarious thing about the whole course. So this is a plan of what you would like it to look like. Um, and most of the people I know who've written out the plan, it never actually looks like it. So I'm not really sure what the plan is for. My plan looked a little something like this. I, I said that I would like to have a baby born in water. I'd like there to be beautiful music playing in the background. I would like Stuart to be feeding me green and black's chocolates while calmly explaining to me what was going on around me. I said I would have no pain relief because I wanted a natural and serene experience. So I would be that woman who would like sneeze and a baby would pop out. That was going to be me. I wanted to have my baby in a hospital because I cannot imagine being anywhere else. And I wanted as many brilliantly gifted midwives, doctors, nurses around me as was humanly possible. Sometimes our dreams don't look anything like our reality. Sometimes what we dream is more would be considered wishful thinking because they're founded in us and our ability to make it happen. It's why I found the whole birth plan hilarious because I thought I really do have no control over how this baby comes out. Uh, or when this baby comes out. I can't imagine that Mary was encouraged to write a birth plan. And if she had been encouraged to write one, I can't imagine it looked anything like what her birth of her son ended up looking at. Can you imagine it? I want to give birth in a stable. I'd like it to be the darkest, coldest, dampest, smelliest place that you can ever imagine. I would like there to be animals surrounding me. I would like their feces to be everywhere. I'd like it to sound like there are animals everywhere, and I literally like animals everywhere. I'd like to do this with just the help of Joseph. So I don't want a midwife. I don't want my mum there. I don't want any kind of help. I would just like Joseph, who usually 
is a carpenter, but for this day he'll be my midwife. I'd like the first guest to handle my baby to be the grubbiest shepherds you can find with sheep. I would like them to bring livestock into the already full-up stable. And then I would like wise men who usually follow stars around to be responsible for picking out baby clothes, baby food, and bringing them to me so that I have everything I need when I have my baby. Our plans don't always work out, do they? Christmas doesn't always look like we imagine it to be. I have this kind of image in my head of this, like, oh, basically, it's ridiculous, this kind of winter wonderland kind of magical Christmas. We, we like it to snow, we say. We say, oh, a, a white Christmas, how magical. What it actually means is chaos everywhere. No one could drive anywhere. The supermarkets run out. We panic like crazy because, you know, for two days we're probably going to starve. A white Christmas isn't always what we imagine it to be. One thing I know about God, I know many things about God, but one thing I know about him is his dreams and his plans always become a reality. The Bible uses words like it was foreseen, it was foreknown, it was foretold that his son would be born in Bethlehem years ago before Jesus even walked on the earth. It was foreseen, foretold and foreknown that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be born of a virgin that he would be born into King David's family line. These are the kind of things that you just can't make happen. That he would, during his lifetime, reach out to the broken, the hurting, the dirty, the trapped, the rich and the poor, the young and the old, that there would be no lines that he could not cross over. That his son would one day die on a cross in my place for my sin, my shame, my guilt, that along with millions of other people, I would be made right with God and live as his people forever. In the song they just sang, it said, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did she have any idea Did she know? Did she foresee it? Did she foretell it? Did she foreknow it? God did. He knew exactly what would happen at that moment in time when his son came into the world. Our dreams and our realities are based in us and our ability to make it happen and our ability to make our dreams a reality. God's dreams and God's plans are based in him. They're found in him and his nature and his being. They're found in the fact that he's the creator, the sustainer, the author, the perfecter. So when God says something will happen, something happens. When God says, this is what I see, that is what becomes a reality. If you're sitting in this room today and and coming to church for you is maybe a once a year thing, a Christmas time or uh, something you do for weddings, christenings, funeral, I want to encourage you to think carefully about this God who dreams and plans things and they become real. I want you to think carefully about this baby that was born in a manger, who became a man, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, who now is seated in heaven. I want you to think at this Christmas time, not just about my Christmas dinner, my gifts, my I want you to think about God and think, well, what if there is truth to this story? 
What if the God that made heaven and earth also brought his son to the earth? What if all of that is true? At this Christmas time, why don't you think about what it would mean to live his way, live his dreams, live his plans? It's the greatest gift exchange, really. You know, sometimes when you do a secret Santa, you bring a great present, but sometimes you go home with one that is not so great. So one year, I, we did a £5 secret Santa. You had to buy the best present you could buy for a £5. I bought a really cute Starbucks Christmas mug. I'm not bitter about this. It happened about four years ago, um, and I can, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Someone else wrapped up, must have been from Poundland, some very, very old-fashioned-looking Christmas napkins. I bought into the gift exchange a Starbucks mug, a Christmas one. I took home napkins that were probably a pound. That kind of gift exchange, we often feel a little bit cheated, a little bit robbed. The last, actually, the last Secret Santa I took home, what I bought, was amazing. <laughs> We sometimes feel a bit cheated and a bit wrong. Let me promise you, the gift exchange of Jesus, you're never going to feel cheated. You're never going to feel robbed. You're never going to feel like, oh my gosh, what I gave in was my sin, my shame, my guilt. And what I got was eternal life, freedom, power to live today, knowing God forever. What a rubbish exchange. You're never going to feel like that. The song also said, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. And I think Christmas for us is all about saying, actually, that sleeping baby that Mary is holding is the great I am, is the God that made heaven and earth. You can easily give your life to Jesus, but it's a totally different thing to live for him. So I don't want to stand up here and say it's the easiest thing you'll ever do. It's the best thing you'll ever do, the hardest thing you'll ever do, not the easiest thing you're ever going to do. But a life spent loving Jesus and following Jesus is just the best way to live, to be honest. So you can give your life to him today. You could have a go at reading a Bible. You could start coming to this church. We, as a local church, meet here every Sunday, and we have loads of fun together. Our kids have loads of fun. Our young people have loads of fun. We have loads of fun together. You could start in the new year coming to this church. You could go on an Alpha course. In this church, we do our Alpha courses with a takeaway every week. Oh, my gosh. I basically want to run Alpha back to back. I have one night of the week takeaway for the rest of my life. Um, that's an opportunity just to explore the Christian faith. If you're sitting here and you're a Christian and you think, oh, phew, she'll end the message now. Let off the hook. It's everybody else that has to do something. Think again. You see, God has dreams and God has plans. And it's up to us as Christians to fit in to those plans, to slot our lives in and say, actually, God, I want to live your way. I want to go your way. I want to do what you want me to do. So I would challenge you this Christmas to have a little look at your life and make sure it's measuring up to how God wants you to live. Make sure that you're doing the things that are on his heart and in his plans and his desires. Stuart and I, every year, look at our 
previous year and we check it and make sure we've done things that we think God would have us do. We then plan the next year and we put some goals down or dreams down and we make sure they're in line with what God would have us do with our money, with our time and with our talents. I'm going to finish up there now, guys. I would like to encourage you to explore the great I am. I'd like to encourage you to explore the baby who became the man who then rose from dead and is now seated in heaven. I'd like you, as you sing the songs, to think about him, to worship him, to love him, to enjoy him. And I'd love to see some of you come back to church in January. Band, would you like to come and join me up here? We're going to sing a carol and then we're going to invite the kids to come back in and join us for the last two carols.